0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose. I'm going to try to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations. I'm going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do? Every single day, how do you get up, get after it, and go and fulfill that purpose? Our guest today is Mr. A.J. Kazmerzak. He is a husband. He is an entrepreneur. He is a hunter. A.J., how are you doing today?
1: Hey, how's it going, Hoss? I'm doing well. Been a busy day. Been a busy last couple of weeks for sure, but I am stoked to be on here with you.
0: Yes, sir, dude. Thanks for coming on. I kind of blacked out before I had to pronounce your name. Did I pronounce it correctly?
1: Yeah, no. You you hit the nail on the head, man. That was perfect.
0: (laughs) dude my uh my last name rousher you would not like it's not quite as hairy as yours is but uh rousher you would not believe the problems that i have um with people trying to pronounce my last name so yeah i'm sure it gets
1: butchered every now and then
0: oh dude and what was funny is that my dad he was a football announcer this is a little this is something that just Memory hold. Uh, he was a football announcer, and I was big into like youth sports, and he used to pronounce it wrong on purpose. So like he would get up there and just absolutely butcher it sometimes, just to be funny. That's um, hilarious. So. Yeah, dude, it was. It, he used to call some of my when he wasn't coaching, which was rare. But when he wasn't coaching, he would get up there in the box and do the football announcing, um, and just absolutely butcher it. But <laughs> anyway, um, on to more important topics. Uh aj what is your purpose
1: uh yeah man you know i actually uh when we first started talking i i thought long and hard about it and i realized that my purpose if i had to write it down and put it into words is to leave leave a legacy long after i'm gone rooted Mm -hmm. in helping and inspiring others
0: i like that i like that and we'll get into uh the details of that here here in a little bit um first we're going to hit you with some rapid fire questions the uh the listeners demand the rapid fire and i've skipped them on a few uh, episodes and I, I don't like to hear the the things that get said when i skip them so we got to do them. listen um, i'm a
1: podcast guy anyways i love <laughs> listening to rapid fire questions so i'm in that same yes boat. sir
0: yes sir yes sir i i the will of the people it's like when uh you know have you seen gladiator when he's like doing the thumb? oh yeah thumb you know up, what thumb i'm saying down. yeah yep. i when when i don't do the the rapid fire it's always thumb down it's always thumbs down um i, I fear for my life when i don't do the rapid fire <laughs> um so uh, this is a little bit of a shot uh not really a shot but this this will be funny and they'll find out later what is your favorite type of coffee
1: Oh, favorite type of coffee. Are we talking way to drink it or origin?
0: Um, So I'm an absolute coffee noob. And uh, I didn't have a drink of coffee for about 10 years because I thought it sucked until about like two weeks ago. And I like white chocolate mochas. So I need like okay, so basic way to drink it then. Uh, if yeah, I can sure. only
1: have if I can only have one forever, it would be what's called a Cubano. So for okay. those of you for those of you that don't know a cubano is simply a shot of espresso poured over raw sugar. So you get the oh, bitterness wow. from the espresso, you get the kick from the espresso, but you also get that sweetness on the end and it is absolutely fantastic. So cubano next
0: dude that's awesome i'll have to uh i have to try that we have a cool little chain here that does like really good coffee i've it'll probably never happen that i brew my own coffee but uh just because i don't have the time to study how to do it right but uh we have a chain here called roasters that i may have to see if they serve that dude you gotta go them. yes sir i'll I'll go i'll go try because they do they do a lot of i mean they've got the big like i'm assuming it's french but the the espresso machines that are like red and they've got the little looks like santa claus's sleigh you know what i'm talking about if it's red or it's, it's
1: i would guess it's a llama Mer, La llama which is one of the best in the industry um yeah,
0: it, yeah it's 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 red with like the gold trim up top like it, it literally looks like a like a santa claus type thing i'll send you a picture next time i'm in I, I,
1: yeah send me a picture of it i, I would definitely guess yeah. that that's probably what it is
0: Okay, yeah, I'll send you a picture, and uh, also tell people why that question is funny for the first rapid fire question. Tell them why that's uh, ironic. So that the reason
1: that, that question is funny is because I actually uh, co-own a coffee company that I started back in college, um, and I'm also known on Instagram as at the underscore coffee viking. So the the joke is that if you cut me open, it's probably a blend of energy drinks, positivity (laughs) and coffee
0: and coffee. Yep. So, uh, (laughs) anyway, I enjoyed that. Uh, let's go to, uh, what is your favorite book and why?
1: Oh, that's a good one. Favorite book and why can I be lame and pick two of them?
0: Uh, yeah, you can absolutely pick two of them.
1: All right. So picking two books um Endure, the Cam Haynes novel, and then also uh 75 Hard by Andy Frisella. Uh the Endure uh by Cam Haynes because of the fact that it it just goes to show that extraordinary people are actually just ordinary people that refuse mm-hmm. to accept being regular. You know, yes, he's sir. a regular dude, he just chooses to go out and do hard things he chooses to go out and endure the pain and that's what's led him to the success that he's found 75 hard by andy frisella is i picked that one because of the fact that the 75 hard program and the live hard program i feel is the single best and hardest thing that an individual can do but it also gets you to unlock your untapped potential the fastest because it hits you mm-hmm. in the face and makes you realize immediately throughout that program holy smokes, I can do incredible things too. So, yep. those two books, no brainer, endure and 75 hard.
0: I actually haven't read the 75 hard book and I I do agree with you that, um, I think 75 hard is like for a regular ass civilian, we're not, we're, we're excluding things like buds training, um, for like a, a regular ass civilian. I think that 75 hard is one of the best ways to challenge yourself. And I think it is the most, well, it, 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 if you had like a Venn diagram and you had like well-rounded training programs and most effective 75 hard is the only one that's in the middle because I don't think there's a single person on the face of the planet that wouldn't struggle in some way with 75 hard uh, because of all the areas that it attacks you. That's why so Uh, many people
1: are making knockoffs of it, you know, and it it used to upset me. And then I realized, you know what, that's on them to figure out, but there's people making things like 75 soft and stuff like that and just completely missing the entire point
0: of the program. Oh, yeah. Well, even half the people that do it, you know, sometimes miss the point. Oh, yeah. um, And I'm not excluding myself from that either. Uh, So, let's go to, what is your favorite day of the week?
1: Mm, Ooh, that's another good one. Favorite day of the week is Sunday. Yes, sir. Because of... Because Sunday, because of the fact 90% of people are resting, they're sleeping, they're nursing a hangover, they're watching whatever sports are on at the moment. And I'm not taking anything away from that stuff, you know, to each right. their own. Um, but I use Sunday to create distance. I use Separation Sunday.
0: Sunday. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I use Sunday. Everybody's working Monday through Friday couple yep. of people work on Saturday. Very rarely are people working on Sundays. And so I like to use my Sunday to create distance, gain ground, grow in as a person. And then also my businesses. Um, yeah. So Sunday.
0: Yes, sir. Separation Sunday. I like that. Um, oh, yeah. Rom-coms. Yay or nay? Uh,
1: rom-coms. I like I'm I'm down with the rom coms. I I like a couple of different ones and and stuff like that. I think, I think a rom com success is critically dependent on who the actor and actress are that are leading the movie. Yep. Um, my feel or my wife, however, she's always down for a good rom com.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, they always are. And my answer is yes if it's got Matthew McConaughey in it. Hey, if it doesn't, I it. then I so don't. So that a would shit. have
1: been if you would have gave me 3 books, Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. He is
0: Really? That's cool. Yeah,
1: he he is a killer actor for sure.
0: Yeah, I I like him. Well, I I've never met him, but I think I like him as a person, uh like
1: he's when he's not acting too.
0: Yeah, I I think so. Um I, I'm so glad that he didn't get deeper into politics than what he did. Um, he had that stint to where he was going to run for governor of Texas. I was like, don't you do it, motherfucker. Like, don't do it because I like you, and I don't want to hear your opinion on all this shit. Like, just just be the guy that you are. Inject positivity into what we're doing here, and please don't take away my ability to like Matthew McConaughey. Right. And he he, he stayed somewhat mostly. I think he just realized that he was better off. You He kind of stayed at arm's I, I, yeah. length. Yeah, yeah, he did, and I think it was a good move for him because he was like, he was like the one figure that, and I, I'm a Texan, so he was like the one figure that almost every Texan. He's kind of like Willie Nelson, like Willie Nelson's like one of the most left wing motherfuckers on the face of the planet. And if you, you know, if you try to disparage Willie Nelson to any one of my right wing family, they're gonna light you up. You know what I mean? Like everybody oh, loves yeah. Willie. And Matthew Just McConaughey unanimously
1: was that liked individual.
0: Yeah, and uh Matthew McConaughey was also like that and then he, like I said he tried to get into politics and then I think he realized that his bread was buttered outside of that political political space. But anyway, sorry, I digress. Um, so, no, for sure. <laughs> um, this is not a political podcast. I have to remind, I have to write that down 10 times before I hit record that this is not a <laughs> political podcast. This is not a political podcast. So, let's go back to your uh uh your your purpose, and I want to specifically ask you. You said your purpose was to leave a legacy long after I'm gone, rooted in helping and inspiring others. Why the last part? Why? Why the second part? This the stuff after the comma. And uh, by the way, I appreciate that you provided us two books because it means that you're better than me and and some of my listeners that you're literate. So oh. um, you can <laughs> well, you, you hey, can read. That's, so. that, that's um, all a
1: byproduct of that live hard program. I I've read more books. Being on right. that program than I think I have in my entire life, but
0: same, it's same. it's
1: really opened my eyes to how crucial it is that we do read and we do better ourselves in that element.
0: Um, yes, sir. But but, but you were anyway, asking
1: about the part after the comma, and yes, the reason rooted I rooted in added, helping
0: and inspiring others. Sorry, I didn't yeah, overtalk.
1: No, you're fine. The reason I added that is because if I just said I wanted to leave a legacy there's a lot left to the imagination um uh-huh. you know we there's a lot of people that are gone that left a legacy but that legacy was oh they were really good at football or oh they made really good coffee or you know things like that and that's the extent of the conversation is Oh yep. they were really good at this sport. Do you remember when there was this play? And that's it. I want to leave a legacy to where when someone when I'm when I'm 6 feet under, dead and gone 20 years later, I want someone to, you know, mention my name and say, "Yeah, you know, he he helped a ton of people. Uh, you know, my uh cousin got into archery because they saw his stuff or I, my nephew bought a French press because uh, of what AJ left at Jennings Java, which is my coffee company, you know. And just, I want to make sure that I help so many people and inspire so many people that they're telling generations to come of the good that was done. And Lord willing, hopefully I'll be able to have some philanthropic outlets set up as well to continue helping others after i'm gone
0: yes sir no i i love that and uh yeah i've been battling with this and this this episode is going to come out not this sunday but the sunday afterwards um do you know who Colin cultural is yeah yeah i I think we,
1: we follow each other on instagram and stuff like that we haven't chatted too much but we know each other
0: yeah, really, really, really cool guy, and he's the one that he's the episode that's going to come on before you. I recorded with him yesterday, you today. Um, he, uh, we kind of got to this point in the episode where I think I've, I've kind of decided that um, there are good purposes. You can still have a bad purpose, and I've thought about this a little bit, and I think the defining factor between a good purpose and a bad purpose is that they, a good purpose is rooting and serving, serving something other than or bigger than yourself. Um And so I, I really liked the fact that you left that part after the comma because, uh, you know, Genghis Khan left a hell of a fucking legacy. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> you know you what know, I mean? If, like, if we're if
1: we're throwing that stuff out, you know, Genghis Khan, yeah. uh, Mao, uh, Hitler, yeah, Stalin, no, all no, of those no guys kidding, left, so. quote unquote, legacies, none of which are good.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. I just, uh, Googled the definition of legacy so that I didn't pull a Kanye, um, the long lasting impact of particular events, uh, a person's life. Yeah. I didn't want to make sure it wasn't like the positive impacts cause I didn't want to pull a, pull a Kanye West, but yeah, no, Hitler left a legacy and his was not really rooted in helping and inspiring others. I don't think no, that, that was not that that <laughs> was what he was going for. And especially not Mao. Um, so I like the fact that you, uh, that you included that part after the comma, um, because it it really, the more, uh, the more I talk to people. And again, I just kind of thought of this yesterday. Um, and I'm sure people, other people have said it a million times over, but, um, it came to me yesterday and I've been thinking about it since then. And I think, I really do think that the the difference between a good purpose and a bad purpose and one, a purpose that's actually going to serve you is rooted in helping and serving others. Do you have any ideas as, as to why that is? Why maybe that, um, well, it's intrinsically good, but why is it that um, why is it that the service of others seems to be the only way that can truly create good men?
1: Well, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that those people with the um, belief of helping and serving others, they realize that this life is much bigger than just them. And I also think that they've figured out, holy smokes, I can help change others' lives just by what I have to say and just by what I can provide. You know, you look at a lot, I'm not going to say all, but a lot of wildly successful people are successful, not because they focus on money, but because they're focused on helping others, you know? Mm-hmm. I do some work with uh, Andy's company, First Form and First Form Outdoors and stuff like that. Literally to their core, yes, they're a supplement company, but they're a company that just wants to help others achieve their goals. And that's why they're wildly successful. Do I believe that they have the best products on the market? Absolutely, bar none. However, they do, don't take the old school uh, used car salesman approach. They take the approach. I I say they, we, we take the approach of what can I do for you to help with your goals? And I feel like that's what separates those people that do actually leave those legacies of helping others. It's Mm -hmm. they, they get the fact that this life is bigger than just them.
0: Right. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand that. And I've got a theory. And uh, if, I, if I'm not looking at the camera, it's because I'm writing, I don't want you to think I'm being rude. And not, no, you're uh, fine. Not, not acknowledging you, um, because I've been doing it a lot. But uh, the, I've got a theory, and I, I wrote down three things while you were talking. I wrote down ego, accountability, and law of attraction. So I think a lot of the reason kind of like what you were talking about is that in order to actually live a purpose of serving others, you do have to, um, let's see, you do have to uh, support what Jocko says this a lot, you have to subordinate your ego, you have to acknowledge first that somebody else, uh, their wants and needs are more important than your own at this time. And if it is a supplement store, I listen to Andy a lot. I love Andy. And he talks about how when somebody came into the supplement store, he treated them like they were the only person in the supplement store at that moment. Um, Nothing else mattered other than helping them achieve their goals, like what you talked about. And that's a huge, uh, huge exercise in subordinating your ego. And I think that's one key component in, in being in service of others for your purpose. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, no, I think there's definitely some, Um, some weight to that. Absolutely. I would also add kind of like a little, little sub piece to that. You know, when, when people discuss ego and leaving the ego at the door and and things along those lines, you still have to remember, and this is just personal thoughts. You still have to remember that there's a difference between confidence and cockiness. And I've always equated cockiness with an ego to which I agree we want to push that to the side we don't want any of that however you do want cocky or you do want confidence I'm sorry um and the reason you want confidence is if you don't believe in yourself how how can you possibly hope to help other people and so you know, I was always taught, and and I love my dad for this. I was always taught, be humble. Let your actions speak for you. Let others speak for you. You don't, you know, you don't do the talking and things like that. And to a point, I agree with what he said. As as I've gotten older, um, there's a point that I agree with. However, you can be humble. And still be mm-hmm. wildly confident in what you're doing, why you're doing it, and things along those lines. And people resonate with confidence. You look at you look at Goggins, you look at Andy, you look at Jocko, you look at Cam Haynes, you look at Ed Milette, Sean Whalen. I the list goes on and on. One of the biggest right. commonalities between all of them is they believe. 110% in what they're doing. And yes, so I, th- I I agree we set the ego aside, but we also have to separate out ego mm-hmm. from confidence.
0: Right. Well, and I completely agree with you. And I think it's when, when I talk about ego and keep in mind, I don't know much about philosophy or, or any of these things, but, um, you know, ego as I think ego is, it's neither good nor bad. It's just simply a force um, inside. It, it exists inside every human, and I don't really know how to define ego. But to me, it, it's almost like a an over um, an advocate. Like you're constantly advocating for yourself in your head. I think that's kind of what the ego is. Does that make sense? Am I making any sense at all?
1: Yeah. No. 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 Um, I, I can. I can. That makes sense because I think of. You know actual examples right you're talking about ego being advocating for yourself there's multiple yeah. times in business where you're sitting down in a meeting and someone you you have an idea you're like this is a great idea blah 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 and the person next to you is like well you know i really don't think that's gonna work here's xyz reasons why you advocating for yourself and getting in your own way, getting in your own head, you've already yeah. tuned that person out before you even hear what they have to say because your ego's been bruised because mm-hmm. they didn't like your idea. Right. And so I think you're spot on with that.
0: Yes, sir. And I, I think it's a... Uh... I I appreciate that. And that's what leads me to say that I I don't think it's either good or bad, because like you said, we do need the positive side effects of ego. Um, So, for example, I don't think that if, if AJ, uh, if you didn't have a, at least somewhat of an ego, if you didn't want to see yourself succeed and advocate to yourself to at least some extent, then you wouldn't have a purpose. You would say, I don't give a shit. Um, You know what I mean? Like you have a baseline level level of ego. Yeah. And so like, I think, I think in order to find a proper, good, a proper and good purpose, one must find an order of man. I don't know if you've heard of, of their podcast, Ryan Mickler. Oh, Ryan um, Mickler. Yep. Yeah. He says that balance is a verb. Um, I think that in order to find a good purpose, you must have at least some sort of sense of how to balance balance as in a verb, how to actively balance um, your ego. And this may be something that people may be listening and be like, yeah, well, duh. Um, But it's just...
1: People say, yeah, "Yeah, well, duh, but that's way easier said than done, you know? And this goes even, you know, I don't know how deep we want to get with everything, but everything's connected and you can't have, at its core, you can't have good without bad. You know, people talk about it all the time, yin yang, light, dark, moon, sun, you know, you can't have uh, success without failure. The absence of one is the absence of both. And so I get the the using balance as a verb thing to make sure you're you're keeping yourself in check, you're keeping yourself mm-hmm. in line, without straying too far one way or the other. Because all right. all of one thing is never a good thing.
0: Yes, sir. Yeah. And, and I think just in my, in my search to help young men, especially kind of find and fulfill their purpose, as I like to say, um, I got really caught up into what, what actually is a purpose and what is, what is a good purpose? What is one, a purpose that's actually going to help you and how do we use it? And that's where I I appreciate uh, you helping me kind of work this out is because I, I, I was trying to answer those questions and I answered them a little bit with Colin. And I think we've gotten down to, Um, At least a little bit deeper than what we got with Colin is as far as like what what defines a good purpose and why is a purpose good and I think like we said, a a good purpose require it. Let me put it this way. A good purpose isn't one that you just decide to to balance your ego and then um, like it a good purpose requires you to balance your ego. You cannot have a good purpose if you don't balance your ego. Um, Does that does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at anything. If you're, if you're selfish, I feel like selfish and ego walk hand in hand. If you're doing Uh, everything for me, 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 you're letting that ego run rampant. When, when you put the me aside and you go, you take a service position, a service look on things. I think one, you're going to realize that you are, you feel more fulfilled And, oh, by the way, on top of that, as a byproduct, you're rewarded with more success. The more people you help, the more successful you're going to be. I mean, I, I feel like that all goes hand in hand.
0: So why does even let's exclude monetary success because you can have a I'm not saying that it's not valid because it obviously is. I mean, look at Andy Frazella, um, look at anybody, you know, Jocko. Uh, but if we exclude monetary success and it's, it's important for the question, why does finding a good purpose that involves uh, service of others? Why does it feel good? Because you could have a bad purpose and end up with all the power and the money in the world. Um, why does it feel better? And and naturally feel, uh, yeah, better to have a purpose that is aligned with the serv- with the service of others. Why 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 is that? Why do you think that is?
1: Uh, I can I can give you an actual example that happened to me at our coffee shop, right? Yes, Regular sir. cup of coffee. You go to any any local coffee shop, okay? Um, yep. It's going to run you three to six bucks, maybe, right? To a yep. lot of people, that's a drop in the hat. That's nothing. We're, we're not worried about that. Um, but I had a gentleman come in, uh, had a terrible – oh, man, this guy went through it. It was a Sunday. He came in, yep. had a terrible weekend, uh, got way too um, intoxicated on Saturday, lost phone, lost wallet, was – literally Ubered to the coffee shop because he just needed a good coffee to start the day of trying to fix things. Yeah. My, my service to him, my, my little $3 cup of coffee and the conversation that we had completely changed his day around. He left with a smile. He was ready to tackle the day. You know, we talked about breathing and slowing everything down and things like that. So he's already gone. The only thing yeah. I did was provide a, uh, you know, a $3 cup of coffee, but I felt so incredibly good about what I did. And it, 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 I feel like our dopamine, um, I, I don't know if it's a receptor. It's it, the, the part of you that releases the dopamine, um, to make you feel Ugh. good. It sees helping others and immediately starts firing off um, just because I think we as humans, we hear so much bad stuff that when we actually see good stuff, um, yeah. it, it just, it, it warms our heart. You look at how many viral videos go around of someone helping a homeless man or someone uh, putting someone's kid through college or um, sports walk-ons and college uh, athletes in college. Uh, getting offered full-time scholarships, you know, they break down in tears. That still makes us feel good because it's other people helping others. And yes, so I, you know, that it, that's the long way around it, but I just, I, it feels good, man.
0: Yeah. Why, why do you think it does? I mean, why? why, why? Because I do, because I don't think that people can be fulfilled with a bad purpose. I don't think that Genghis Khan at the end of his life was, was very fulfilled. Um, I don't know. I didn't know the man he might've been, um, but I was going to say, I don't, there's I don't some
1: th- twisted minds out there too, that don't even think about, yeah, purpose,
0: yeah. but, um, but, uh, when people pursue what you and I would say is a bad purpose, let's say the, uh, the, the con man, just the average con man that's out there selling shit that nobody needs and taking everybody for all their worth. Um, whatever he sells cars, whatever. Um, and all his goal is, is just to make as much money as possible. Doesn't want a family. Doesn't want to serve anybody. Just wants to serve himself. Uh, He's not going to feel good in the, in the end. He may have all the money in the world. He may be able to do all the things he may be living like Joe Rogan down in Austin, Texas, doing whatever the hell he wants to do. Uh, But I don't believe he's going to feel good. And time and time again, uh, that's been proven, but why, why? Uh,
1: I think it has to do with the, selfish goals, the egotistical goals and and "quote unquote" bad purposes. I feel like at the end you look around and there's nothing. You know? Yeah. Sure, you might have all the material objects in the world, but if you're not using your wealth to then help others, yeah. That I mean, you're going to be in a big house, it's going to be filled with with inanimate objects and you're going to look around and you're going to be like, wow, there's like that, you know, there's nothing in your heart that's, that's filled. Um, and once, you know, uh, we'll just keep plugging those guys. Cause I feel like they're doing things right. You look at Andy Frasella; he on his most recent podcast, he even said, I mean, this dude is worth, I believe, high millions, maybe even low billions at this point and he's still wanting to go out and help others. He even said when he retires, he wants to hopefully start some form of venture capitalist so that he can invest in smaller companies once again, helping others. So I feel right. like those those quote unquote bad um, purposes just leave people leave people feeling like a shell. Like the, there's yeah. nothing, there's nothing deeper to it other than I'm serving myself.
0: Yes, sir. I agree with you. Are you, are you a very religious person? Or are you a Christian? Not that uh, it, it matters it, not it to put you on the spot. It depends on who but. you
1: ask. So I, I joke that I am the, a, a CEO, Christmas, Easter, other, um, for, <laughs> yeah. for attending church. Um, however, I, you know, I talk to talk to God frequently, you know, I just happen to do it around a pond or five miles back into the woods or 20 feet up in a tree or going to and from jobs in the car. You know, I absolutely believe in a higher power and a higher being because and I feel like that's helped me realize a higher purpose for myself as well. Um, yes, sir. But in terms of actually physically going to church week in and week out, no, I don't.
0: Okay. Well, we're on the same. Just so you're, cl- just so we're clear, we're on the same page with that. Yeah. Um, you actually said it a little bit better than what I ever could have, and I may steal. <laughs> I may steal that. Um, Dude, go or for use it. it Sometime, so, sometimes um,
1: the CEO thing it, it gets chuckles, and sometimes it gets frustrated eyebrow raises.
0: Yeah. Well, I, 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 I'm more meant to talk to God. I mean, I, I enjoyed the CEO thing. That's very funny, but, uh, like the, the way that you said that you talk to God, um, in other, oh, in other ways yeah, in other, in areas other of
1: facets your life. and other capacities. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but anyway, I was talking with Colin, who is very, uh, devout in his faith. He, he believes in the Bible, believe he's a, a very, uh, um, I don't even know what to call him. He's a good Christian man, uh, and yeah. he believes in it. He was able to quote Bible verses or pull them up, rather he was looking them up and he knew what to look up. And so I was talking with him, and I wonder if the reason it feels good. And I don't want to throw this word out there, but I maybe I don't know if it's the right word or not, but maybe metaphysics is that what people use to describe like the spiritual world outside of yeah yeah the there, you know there world?
1: there's yeah. uh, quantum physics there's there's metaphysical aspects to the world there's. There's so much that happens on a day to day that we just look at and there's, you know, you can't explain it. Um, My big thing is, is how everything, everything is interconnected in one way, shape or form. Um, Well, but yeah.
0: Um, yeah. And so I think it, it, I, I think the word is metaphysics, but anyway, I think that no matter who you are or what happens is that if we believe in a higher power and if we believe that, you know, a God exists and, and Jesus, if we believe the story of Jesus, um, I think that. I was talking with him that we don't necessarily have a debt to pay because that's the whole idea that Jesus came down and paid our debt for us, at least to God. But I was talking with him and and maybe the idea is that, and you own a coffee shop. So this works out great for you that you have a responsibility to pay it forward. And deep down, I wonder if the reason that it feels good to have a serving, a a purpose of service is because we know, and that we're at some level, um, not necessarily guilty, but we have this, overwhelming need to pay uh pay what's been done for us forward does that am i making any sense at all like if somebody i, I if, think, and,
1: dude i think you're spot on with what you're saying you know okay for um, if there's anybody listening that can't really wrap their head around it um i you know i don't think so i side story i took a world religions class in college and it was actually one of my favorite classes because we delved into everything from uh, paganism to Buddhism to Hinduism, Christianity, right. and everything under the sun. And I was able to get a deeper dive into cultures that I didn't, didn't, what wasn't already privy to, I didn't already know about. And I think you're spot on to. All of those, because if you, you know, we're talking about paying it forward. We're talking about uh, living a life of service. Right. Buddhists and and monks are a prime example. They have no money. They have no material items. they, They have a couple of robes and they live their life serving others because they believe that is the way to be the most fulfilled. Right. And so that's a completely separate religion, on uh, prim- predominantly on the other side of the world, and they still have that view of service and helping others. And I think you're right with the with the pay it forward aspect of, you know, it, it feels good because it was paid forward to us years ago.
0: Right. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate I appreciate you uh, kind of confirming that. And and again, this may be there may be somebody listening to this and going, Yeah, dumbass, like that's the whole idea. Like we, we've well, we've known this listen, for thousands also, of years. So
1: there also might be people listening that think we're full of shit, and you know what? I'm <laughs> completely fine with that. Listen,
0: I know there's people that are listening that think we're full of shit. Um, we don't have to guess about that. Um, yeah. I know for a fact there's people listening that think we're full of shit, uh, or at least I am. They probably really like you, but they, I know there's people listening to think I'm full of shit. Uh, but no, man, I, yeah, I, I really appreciate that. And I appreciate you helping me work through that. And it's kind of answered, like I said, some questions for me uh, that I really needed to, To number one, take this podcast to the next level and try to help men kind of find and fulfill their purpose Uh but dude, I I really, I really appreciate that. And it's kind of wild when you think I'm sure that world religion class, I'm sure that was pretty fun. And I I would like to learn more about other religions. I don't, I don't really have a lot of time to do that, but I am going to start reading books and doing a book list. Um, it's kind of wild when you actually look at like the principles of things. And when, you know, as a white Christian male in small town, Texas, it's, it's a really, it's a really big revelation when you understand that, like, there's a lot of people like uh you know muslims that uh they actually think closer to you and they're you're more akin to like say uh somebody that's of muslim faith uh, or of muslim faith than you are anybody from california you know what i mean like yeah. the similarities in kind of respect cultures and other religions uh it's kind of wild when you when you really look at it and how much we all have in common with what we believe now <laughs> take that you can take that a million different ways but um... yeah.
1: but no i mean i i think you're spot on i think at, at its core all of us can agree you know don't don't harm anybody is, is the yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing, you know right i understand there's some beliefs that think you, they need to rid the world of whatever i'm not talking about that i'm talking about at yeah, yeah, yeah. at its core of 90 of these religions it is Do no harm. Take care of yourself, your family. Take care of your neighbor. And that's one of the things that expanded my mind about this world religion class. The teacher was amazing. I can still remember. Um, At the end of each religion, the teacher would bring in someone of that faith to give their own take and and their own beliefs. And then we got a live Q&A. I got a live that's Q&A awesome. with a witch. I got a live Q&A with a Buddhist. I got a live Q&A with um, a, a, a Hindu, uh, a person of Hindu belief, uh, Muslim, all of that. And it just, at its core, like we said, lives of service, doing you know different acts of service, and then don't harm anybody, don't hurt anybody, things along those lines.
0: Yeah, it, it was just, cool.
1: it was so cool.
0: Um, I actually had a – not not to belittle, but I actually think that I took a physics class with a witch, but um, that's a conversation for another time, and there Dude, are people listening that will get the my, joke. My but.
1: three best – looking back, my three favorite classes are the classes I butted the heads – butted heads with of the teachers the most. Yeah. Psychology, right. political science, and this world religion class, but it was always – a good respectable or a good respectful conversation every single time and that's why it was still productive where'd you go to school at uh, to so i actually was fortunate enough i was able to play baseball at muskingum university um right outside oh, right outside 70 uh right outside of columbus Ohio.
0: oh that's cool that's cool um i have a buddy that'll probably know where that's at um well, obviously, a lot of people know where Columbus is, but he'll be fond of that. He's from Ohio. Oh, okay. Um, nice. So. Yeah, dude. It was kind of hard going to college uh, and getting people that respected. Um, how, do I, how do I put this? Uh, college was a weird place. Let me put it that way. And the difference of opinions were wide, <laughs> very, oh, very yeah. wide. Um, and... One side, particularly one side of the aisle was not very shy about it, especially when they were in positions of power, like being a professor or something like that. And being in college taught me really how to uh, how to ignore a lot of things and uh, keep on keeping on and and keep somewhat of a decent relationship with people, um, even though. Even, even though we were at odds 24-7, and I'm not saying I did a very good job at it because I know there's people that are listening to this that'll laugh their ass off when I say keeping a good relationship uh, with some of my college professors. But um, Dude, some,
1: some of my great yeah. friends, we have vastly different opinions on the political climate right now and the economical climate right now and stuff like that, but the I feel like we as people need to get back to understanding you can have a difference of opinion and still be friends. You know? Yeah. The one the one big the one big thing with an asterisk that is not up for negotiation is um, anybody attracted to kids and stuff like that. That's a hard yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. That's an absolute don't talk about topic that like you it, it's not good. But right. you know, um it, who's in, who's in a place of power, climate change. Um, you know, the hospital scene, the pharmaceutical scene, I have wildly different opinions than a lot of my friends and we're still friends. We still talk, we still discuss baseball stats. We still talk about, you know, Oh, so-and-so is getting married. Are we going to the wedding? We, you know, uh, it just, it's so mind blowing to me and I tie this back in with your college experience. How many people hear so-and-so thinks differently and just completely oust them and, and completely shun them? They don't want to talk to them. They don't want to be around them. And it's like when we stop having these conversations, that's when we stop growing as people and growing as individuals. You might not like it, but the person next to you might have a really good opinion or a really good thought on something that you never realize. Because you didn't take the time to listen to what they had to say, and it, right. you know it goes it goes both ways on both sides of the aisle.
0: Yes, sir. Yeah, and I'll uh here's what I'll, I'll probably not as close to. I'm probably a little bit more on that other side of what you're talking about of where when I when I hear somebody's above certain political belief, my my you know alarm bells start going off and stuff like that to where I get a little bit more hesitant to to engage with them. But I do think that my line is probably if they're willing to have a serious conversation about it or not. Um, Because I, I think there are some people that are not worth your time if they're not If they're not willing to do the same thing for you, and I think that's what a lot of people get caught up in is they constantly um, give, 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 and they say, well, other people have these beliefs, and it's okay, we're going to go and hang out with them. And um, we're going to tell them that it's okay that they have their beliefs, but the other people are never willing to give that ground. And I've run into a lot of those people. But I've also got friends like my buddy Jonah, who he and I, we differ wildly, but he's always willing to have a conversation about it. And I think that's where the common ground is, uh, to where I'm not really accepting of everybody. Uh, to give my time and space to them if they're of certain political beliefs if they're not willing to have a conversation about it you know what i mean
1: well and and do do you get what i'm saying i yeah no i i understand completely i've actually gotten to the point where if i know someone well enough i can sense the conversation is going to a a trailhead where i think one way and they think the other i'll stop the entire conversation look at them and say hey listen can you understand that we might have a difference of opinion and we can still be friends in the end? And if they start anything, if they start with anything other than, yeah, of course we're still buddies no matter what. Yeah. Then, then I know maybe we, maybe we avoid this topic of conversation. If they, if they hesitate, if they say, well, you know, I just really think you should think this way or whatever it may be. Then, You know to kind of just skirt around it, avoid it completely, because there's no sense in you banging your head on a wall, them banging their head on the wall, and then all of a sudden you've ruined a friendship over that. And so, I mean, I've gotten to the point where I'll just flat out ask people like, "Hey, do you understand we might think differently?" And if the answer is yes, then we'll just keep going with the conversation.
0: Yeah, I I I do the some of the same thing, and like I said, I'm gonna flat out tell you like I. I probably need to come a little bit more your direction of being more tolerant and accepting of other people just because I, I'm frankly, I'm not, there's people on certain issues. And again, I, I have to say it 10 times before the podcast, this is not a political podcast, but um, there's people on that are a certain way on certain issues that I just have no time for them. And I probably need to come a little bit more your way um, and I, I open would, up a little it, bit more to those people. Um, but, you know,
1: I, I'm still, I'm still young in life and, experience yeah. and all of that stuff. The one thing I would tell you that's helped me tremendously is if you find those people that think differently, it, you think differently than them, but you haven't really voiced your opinion. You're just kind of trying to avoid it. Ask yeah. questions, ask questions. Well, okay. You So you think this way, what, what led you to that? Why, why do you think that? Because then they will open up to you and explain their thoughts to which once again, it might be the third or fourth point down, but it might make a little bit of sense. And you don't have to, when you ask questions, you don't have to just blindly agree with whatever they're saying, but the more questions you ask, the deeper you get into why someone thinks the way they think, the more you're then able to connect with them. Once again, Might be a completely different opinion, but you understand why they think this way.
0: Right. Uh, Yeah, no, and and what you're talking about, what you're, you're, and I agree with you first and foremost, but what you're talking about is uh, Jocko's indirect method. I don't know if you've heard of uh, Jocko and his his indirect method of approach. I Um, I may have
1: seen it on Instagram, just like a little snippet or something of him talking about it, Um, but I would need to
0: look into it. So basically, the idea is that you're never going to win any battles by going up to somebody. Let's just use, let's just throw a hot topic about up there. Abortion. Um, It's one that I'm extremely. uh, It's it's one of my topics to where um, if we don't agree, then we can still be friends, but we're just not. Just uh, probably not going to be. Yeah. Well, and probably not going to be a very deep relationship, to be honest with you. And that's where I'm telling you that maybe I need to come a little bit more your way. But anyway, Jocko, what Jocko would say is, hey, instead of coming up to this person and saying, hey, you're a you're a baby killer or whatever, whatever the right wing was going to say. I'm not saying that I say that, but whatever the harshest way you could approach the topic um, from the right, instead of doing that, go and ask these people you know what are your opinions on this and ask them questions and genuinely try to get another perspective and with hopes of number 1 building a good enough relationship that eventually your your either a you're going to change your opinion uh, and you're going to form a better opinion uh, based on what you learn from them. Or B, if, they, if you've asked all these questions and they truly don't have the correct opinion on, let's say, for example, abortion, then once you've built this good relationship by being indirect and by showing interest in what their actual point of view is, then you can actually have some sort of leadership capital or exercise influence on the way that they think and believe. Um, is that kind of sound like what you're saying? That's, that's a, that's a rundown of Jocko's indirect method.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, you know, I think it goes even deeper than that to the point of once again, when we stop learning, we stop growing. Nobody likes reading about the atrocities that were committed in history, whether it be by our government, whether it be by Hitler, whether it be by whoever, but right. we need to read about it. We need to learn about it so we can grow from it. I've, I view difference of opinions the exact same way. We might, mm-hmm. once again, we might have a wildly different opinion, but I want to know what makes you tick, why you think that, how you've come to this opinion. Um, yeah. And, you know, let's be honest. There are some times someone's going to have an opinion You're going to, once again, try to be indirect, but you're going to be like, oh, well, you know, what made you think about that? Well, Fox told me or CNN told me or MSNBC told me. And if and if that is the surface level answer, that's fine. You know not to continue carrying on this conversation. You've learned, you've grown, you know not to go back to that, basically. Yeah. And, And so I it it helps us grow as people and grow as individuals and to tie everything in, it helps us figure out how to help and serve others.
0: Yes, sir. No, I, I completely agree with you. And uh, like I said, I think that there's some work I need to do to come a little bit farther your way um, and, and to work through some of that. So let me do ask, is there any, is there any point where somebody is not worth your time and attention is it, do you ever decide that somebody, um, once you get an opinion formulated on this person, or once you know the way that this person operates, that they're just not worth your time and attention, that they're more of a drain on you than they are a, a positive influence, that you don't want to be friends with them? What is that point if it exists for you? Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, no, you're, oh, man, that's a whole, that's another good topic. Dude, this is, this has been an amazing conversation already. Um, Appreciate it. But, you know, there, there's a lot of talk about your energy bank your your energy battery your energy uh, supply right you can give your energy out to people but you only have so you only have so much energy in a day if you're slowly giving 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 but you're not being replenished whether it be reading a book or going to the gym to better your fitness or doing something to help with your family or doing those, those acts of service to make you feel good to then replenish it. Then all of a sudden you're going to end up fully depleted. You're going to end up depressed. You're going to end up, um, not knowing what to do and things like that. And I would say if you are coming into contact, let's just say one person, you, you work with this person, um, three days a week, right. And you see him three days a week. And every single time they come to you, and they've got they've got a problem, or they got an issue, and for the first two or three weeks, you spend those three days off, listening, offering up to them different pieces of advice, offering up to them different thoughts and things like that. And on right. week four, do what
0: I said. You are right. Yeah.
1: Oh, I was just gonna say on week four, you realize this person is just a drain they just want to come talk, complain, but they never implement any of the things that you're saying. Those are the people that aren't, aren't really worth your time. And you know, people might think I'm harsh for saying that, but if, if the other per there has to be some form of, um, oh, what's the word? Um, there has to be some form of like meeting in the middle, basically, where that person has to be willing to make those changes um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: in order for that. It, it, it's an equal power transfer, basically. Um, those people I feel like you slowly step away from. I'm not saying you shun them. I'm not saying if they walk up to you, you give them the hand and walk away, but you slowly separate yourself from that. The other type of person is one that I already mentioned earlier, and that's anybody that's taking stuff at surface level. And it goes both ways. It could be, excuse me, sorry about that. No,
0: you're it good. It could
1: be, um, well, uh, you know, someone on Fox News told me that Joe Biden is bad, and that's why I think that. That's a surface level answer. Well, someone on CNN told me Donald Trump was racist, and that's why I don't like him. That's a surface level answer. We have to get deeper as people. we have to understand yeah. stuff and that's that goes back to the asking questions. that goes back to the you know the fulfillment aspect and purpose and, and helping others and things like that. The people, that just share their opinion to voice their opinion, they don't back it up, they don't have any anything other than so-and-so told me, those mm-hmm. are the ones I also feel, for me personally, are not worth investing energy in.
0: Okay, so yeah, I actually, I think we, before we even started the conversation... I, I think we agree more. I was wondering how much we really agreed, but I think that after you answered that question, I think we agree more than we think we do. And I, I would say that the uh, the first part when you were talking about your coworker, the surface level, I agree with. Um, I'll still engage with somebody that does that, like you said, just to ask questions. But if they if they continue to just give me surface level answers, that's when I back off. But uh, the first person who's never willing to come in the table and, and talk and make any sort of concessions and never willing to challenge challenge. challenge um their own beliefs uh that's where me especially if it's in the political realm because i believe politics is downstream of culture andrew breitbart said that um that's where me in the political realm that's where i'm like okay you're not like there is no point in me engaging with you and having you as part of my culture um because you're not willing to come to the table and discuss anything or put in any effort beyond yelling at me for what you know for, for the things that you believe I'm wrong about. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah, Um, yeah, definitely.
1: And, you know, I think once again, the, the whole purpose driven and the helping others and and things along those lines, um, helping and inspiring and things like that. The only way we're able to do that is by having this open communication. It took Mm -hmm. us, what are we at now? It took us 56 minutes to get to the point of realizing you know, maybe our opinions aren't so different. Maybe, maybe, you know, we're not so different in in that sense. And uh, once again, that man, being in the, in the craft coffee world is awesome because I get all walks of life, having, having my outdoors and, and country background and then being in downtown Columbus. Um, (laughs) yeah, you know, I real, I, one of my, one of our best customers now good friends. The dude got us Christmas gifts. We got him Christmas gifts. We have wildly, and I'm talking wild. He is, <laughs> yep. he is a he is a self-proclaimed. What is it? Not anarchist. He he believes he is a self-proclaimed communist. Now, 90% of your listeners awesome. just they just tuned out because of the fact that I said that. But yeah. What I'm coming back to is if you, he says that most people are going to stop talking to him. I'm right. asking questions. I'm, you know, oh, well, what made, you, what led you to this? What made you think this? How'd you get to this? You know, different stuff like that. And slowly that gap closed in our differences because at his core, he also just wants to help people. I've yeah. watched this dude pick up coffee for the next three people in line behind him i've watched him bake a homemade cake for one of his buddies that was down bad with uh the flu or or whatever it may be he he does more help to other people than a lot of the people on the other side of the aisle that i know and so it's like we need to have these open conversations and you know you you had mentioned earlier that this specific podcast is to help young men and and young individuals find their purpose right you got to have open conversations because that then helps you create your purpose i didn't yes, just sir. wake up this morning and say oh well you know this is what my purpose is today it's been a development over years of talking to people being outgoing helping others figuring out you know, what I can do to change lives for the better that I've now been able to develop this purpose. And that I feel like ties everything in, you know?
0: Yes, sir. No, I completely, I I like what you said there And the, uh, the self-avowed communist, that's, uh, me being from the state of Texas, that's, that's wild that those people are walking around. Um, and that's a joke, but, uh, well, (laughs) he,
1: he does say this, he doesn't tell it, he tells it to his friends. He doesn't, he's not running down the street yelling that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, no. I I know. I'm just I'm just saying that like it's 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 not we don't have a lot of that here. Um but they do uh it, it is important that we have conversations and again, somebody like that who I the communist party I'm sure we feel the same about the communist party. We've already expressed our our thoughts about the communist party in the episode. Um, But even somebody who claims that they are a communist, you're so right in the fact that we do need to have that open conversation. And again, like what you said is he probably just doesn't really know that his opinions are all that different than yours. And it it was, it was funny that uh, have you heard of Michael Knowles um, from the daily wire? Yes. Yep. Okay, so Michael Knowles did a little uh, segment on his show the other day. Uh, it's a yes or no game. He did it with this guy called Spencer Clavin. You can go look the YouTube video up. It's it's Spencer Clavin, Michael Knowles, yes and no. But they got to the point to where it said that they basically came to the conclusion that libertarians, these people that are ultimate, like they're seen as the ultimate freedom loving, like libertarians and uh, like full on, Stalingrad like communists that like libertarians are just soft commies is basically what um, commies that aren't willing to go all the way is what uh, they came to the conclusion of like the difference between libertarians and communists. And it was so, it was so opening to, to realize that, um, you know, all of these different ways of being and, and these modes of thought are just conversations away from, from coming together at some point, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that sounded yeah. very communist when I said it, but, no, but, we we, but we can no. all have similar goals sorry dude we're, we're doing the zoom thing uh, there's a little bit of a delay but we can all have similar goals and different ways of achieving those goals and some of them work out very very bad like the communists i give i give communism absolutely no credit just so everybody i'm pretty sure you, if you've listened to this podcast any amount of time you know but we can all have similar goals and i'm sure the dude probably is just wildly uninformed about what actually happened with communism what, what do you think
1: Uh, You know, I I think it's one of those things that we, like we were talking, there's, there's stuff on both sides of the aisle, you know, there's, there's, I feel like there's good and bad and, you know, I feel like maybe I'm sitting on a fence right now, but I, I sit so far in the middle of everything that sometimes it comes out this way that, you know, there's how, how do I phrase this? Um, just don't do any, it like Kanye. Once, just, once again, just, any extreme, <laughs> in, any extreme is not good. I don't care if you're extreme right. I don't care if you're extreme left. It it's yeah. not good. We have to sit somewhere in the middle, and we have to right. we have to uh, come together. We have to have these conversations. That's why I feel our country is in such a bad shape is because those that we elected to go and vouch for us as people, they're not willing to sit down at the table and talk, you know? Um, yeah. Um, who is, who is uh, uh Republican, Matt, Matt Gates, Matt Gates.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Matt, Matt Gates, AOC, they're not willing to come together and, and talk and slowly bridge that gap so that we can find middle ground everyone everyone right now is it's my way or the highway you either have to believe this or i'm never talking with you again or you have to believe that nowadays it's affecting you know job life home life relationships things like that when Mm -hmm. if we could just be adults sit down at a table and discuss here's how i feel Here's why I feel this way. Here's how I feel. Here's why I feel this way. Here's facts from both sides of the aisle and break things down. Yeah, stuff would get stuff would get solved overnight.
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. I so we came to a point to where we didn't agree, and then we I think we agreed pretty hard, and now I'm wondering um, how much we do agree. Let me ask some questions. Um, and this is a different topic. I'm not saying that we don't agree like we did, you know, five minutes ago. This is a different topic. But do you think that there is that there are some opinions? And I know you mentioned one of them earlier, but I I think how am I trying to say this? People like AOC, I I think part of the problem with people, and this is people on the far right too Um, I don't think there's as many on the far right, and I don't think that is as mainstream on the far right. But when we talk about having a good purpose and having, uh, yeah, let's leave it at that, a good purpose, is rooted in the service of others. Um, I do believe that a majority of the positions on the left are actually rooted in service of the self and not service of the others. And I don't think that it's non-existent on the right, but I think when you look at traditional conservative values, having a family, um, yeah, having a family, building businesses, uh, serving your family, um, mostly Christianity. I think a lot of those values are rooted in the service of others. When you look at the other side of the aisle on the left, I think the majority of those are rooted in the service of the self. It's it's like a... Um, I call it the cult of authenticity. Is where they're so wrapped up in the way that they view themselves and the little categories that they can put themselves in that that's where the majority of their policies come from. How how wrong or how off base do you think I am on that? I think our conversation's just heating up.
1: Uh, okay. So so I you know I I'm have no problem telling people I'm about as I'm about as conspiracy theorist as they come. Right. Most yes, of this conversation has been all about asking questions. I ask questions about everything. So we you're you're discussing, you know, left, right, things like that, and, and conservative views and things along those lines. Um, I think the majority of the left has good intention. The the majority of regular people like you and I has good intention because once again, I'll go back to the customer now friend that I was mentioning earlier. He, he believes now we're not, we're not discussing whether this is a right or wrong belief. We're discussing, is it good intention?
0: He thinks
1: what there needs to be higher tax rates and, and, and stuff like that, which is very, very standard in today's day and age on that side of the aisle. I asked him a question as to why and what he would do with that. If he got that, well, you know, I would redistribute it to um, impoverished neighborhoods and, and things like that. And there's, there's that aha moment. There's that bridge piece that connects. And I feel like a lot of them, you know, whether, even though we have different means of trying to do stuff, they want to help others. Now, Once again, I'll go back to the conspiracy aspect of things. I say the majority of them. I say the regular people. I fully believe there is a very small minority of string pullers that, like we were discussing, has a bad purpose. They are self-serving. They are trying to grab as much of the world's wealth for themselves as possible. They don't care who they hurt along the way. And they self-identify on a certain side of the aisle that makes other people not like that side of the aisle. So yeah. the, the George Soros, the Klaus Schwab, the um, you know, people in their parties, they identify right. on one side of the aisle. Those are the people that I agree. I, I think they're just flat out bad people depending on how much time we got, I got a list of reasons why, <laughs> but yeah. those are the ones giving the majority a bad name. That's no different than on the far right side of the aisle, that there's a small amount that are given the right side of the aisle, a bad name. 90% of those of us down here on the ground, regular Joe Schmoes just want to help others. They want to see people do well. We want to be left alone. And, and go about our day. And so it's, once again, it's finding that common ground and good purpose, bad purpose. I think those string pullers with the bad purpose are giving a lot of people a bad name that have good intentions.
0: Yeah, I can agree with you to to a certain extent. I think what you're describing is the 80 20 rule um, to where 80 percent of the bullshit in a particular party is caused by 20 percent of the actual people in that party. Ooh, That's, I like that. Well, I, like that, that. I, I didn't I make like that, that up. Comparison. Yeah. That's good. Um, I, I didn't make that up, but it is uh, it's it's called the Pareto's Law, I believe, or a Pareto distribution. Um, it's found literally everywhere in nature. You'll you'll hear it from a lot of people, but I do agree with what you're describing that 80% of the bullshit on the left is caused by 20% of the people. Um, but I do, uh, I don't know how much ground I'm willing to give on the idea that they may want to help people, but their their founding principles because they don't have any let me put it this way. They don't have any societal background rooted in tradition and, and this, this desire, this need to pay it forward and to live a life of service, because I don't believe that they truly have that. They didn't grow up with that, that their, that their intentions are self-serving. Let's take the person that, that we all know that lives Um, they don't see the need in having children because children are a drain. They want to go live their best life. They want to just absolutely make their career amazing. They think that, um... Abortion between the should be between the the woman's choice and the doctor. Nobody sh- nobody should be able to have a say uh, because it's their life and they want to live it. Um, they don't want a family. They think that the patriarchy is bad. Um, we we know this typical person, and we could we could find a stereotype on the right, I'm sure. But their their fundamental ideas of the way that they believe is not rooted in a life of service, and that's why they believe these things that don't <laughs> they don't lend themselves to to acts of service. For again, for example. Um, what am i think i may be rambling a little bit and maybe we need to get off the off the subject am i making any sense at all
1: yeah you know i i think but i think you're kind of looking i think you're kind of looking, looking at it with a microscope at at one person's singular aspect um i think we maybe need to take a step back and look at a larger piece of it um for instance you know and this is once again, I think we're having a great conversation. I, I love going back and forth and stuff like that. Now, yeah. whether you or I think that abortion is okay, it, it right. doesn't doesn't matter, okay? What if that person that you just described, what if their career that they're trying to progress in as far as possible is actually – creating the world's largest soup kitchen for the homeless and hungry. Now I'm not saying these, now I'm not saying these things cancel each other out, but if that person, if that's what that person's doing and they happen to have this other opinion, can you just write off that person as this is just a bad person because of this one thing, even though they might be helping a thousand other people in a different unit. And I don't know the answer to this. Um, So even though they might be helping a thousand or 10,000 people on the streets that are
0: homeless. So this is where I think that we may be getting to the meat of the matter and um, people have probably tuned out by now, but uh, I don't think that that person, I don't think that those two beliefs can really coexist and that's 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 basically what I'm getting to is that I don't know that people that can truly live a life of of service and, and want to build the biggest, most badass soup kitchen that serves a million people, I don't think that those people can really if they're honest with themselves and if if they're fully informed and they're doing them their best to be um justified in their opinions, I don't believe that a person that is devoted to a life of service can believe the things that that uh that that the people on the left believe and again i will say that there is some of this stuff on the right i think it's a whole lot bigger than the left so before people like yes i understand that there is some of the stuff on the right neo-nazis are bad and they don't live lives of service i get it i understand um but i think it's a it's a bigger problem in the left right now to where i don't think that person can really exist i think that they think they can exist i think that they're wildly uninformed and that they don't have consistency in the way they believe i think that truly people who, who want to live, that believe life is precious and that live lives of service, I don't know that they can hold a majority of the opinions that the left has. What what do you feel about that?
1: Well, so let me, let me pause you. Let me back up a couple. You said, I think that these individuals are wildly uninformed, correct? Yeah. So we, as us as individuals, how do we, how do we become more informed? We got to ask questions. We got to talk to people. We got to have difficult conversations, you know, things like that. I also yeah. think, you know, once again, I, I'll put my tin foil hat back on. I think the left, right argument is simply there to distract us and, and keep us angry at each other as opposed to looking at the actual evil people in this world. And so to an extent, I feel like the left-right argument, that and we're not arguing, we're having a great discussion, um, I feel like that left-right argument is actually meant to split and divide us even further. I think it's meant to force us to think one way or the other, and I identify as this, and I identify as that, and I don't want to hear anything from the other side. And that in turn shuts down any conversation regarding the actual evil string pullers in the world.
0: Yeah, I I would I, I agree with you, yes. I do agree that I don't think left right is uh, this is all about like taxonomy and how you how you categorize people. Um, I think left right has gotten pretty silly lately, and I think that like you said, there are a lot of people on the left that um, don't. I don't think they actually. Let me put it this way: I don't think that they actually believe um, in the things that the left stands for right now. I think they're they're wildly uninformed. Um, and instead of left or right, I do think that we could separate it out into a group of People And I'm not saying that this is synonymous with the right. Let me, let me back up a few steps. And instead of associating my principles of having a self, uh, uh a purpose of service, like, uh, a a service based purpose, I don't think that that is completely synonymous with the right wing. Um, I don't think it is. I think that the majority of people that espouse right wing values, I think that they try to live purposes that are in service of others. Um, But I think what we're really dealing with in America right now is not, like you said, necessarily left or right. I think we're dealing with people who um, try to live lives of service and understand that there is something greater and that uh, they are vessels of service uh, and they have a service based purpose. And there are people who don't believe that. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that I feel like if you were to pull people that (laughs) the right because this is the way we've chosen to separate America. I'm not saying it's right, wrong or indifferent, um, or it may be correlation, not causation, but the people on the right, if you were to pull them, I do believe that you would get like an 80, 20 effect of where 80% of the people would say, yes, um, I do believe in living a life of service and purpose. Um, in something other than myself. And I believe that on the left, maybe, maybe like you said, these people are just that much louder that it's drowning everything out. But I don't believe that you get that same distribution on the left. I guess that's, that's what I'm trying to say is I don't, I'm not arguing left versus right. I'm arguing these people that um, live lives of, of service and serving others uh, and want to serve others versus people that I don't believe really want to do that. And I think that they are much louder and much more prominent on the left. Do you, what do you think?
1: Uh, I think that, um, and and I think, I think Twitter is a, is a prime example of this. Um, I think the loud vocal opinions have been propped up for the last two or three years to seem larger than they actually are and seem like they have more power than they actually do. Um, at its core, once again, this goes back to my whole thing of I think the majority of people have good intention. At its core, we would need to poll people and ask questions like, Do you believe everyone should get a equal chance at succeeding? Do you do you believe that everyone should be able to go out and make money? You know, very vague questions, but all regarding yeah health and safety of others and success of others and things like that i think 90 percent of people would agree in that capacity where we stray apart is in how we get to helping others yeah. but i you know i think that going going with the the good purpose aspect of it I think that in order to be a good person, in order to leave a legacy, in order to have a good purpose, you and I are talking about the same thing in that live your life to help and serve others. Yes, sir. For instance, uh, Andy's talked about it previously. You know, there's a lot of people mad at him for his wealth, but in reality, Yes, Andy, Andy has made himself wealthy as a byproduct of helping others. He employs right. over a thousand people on payroll, takes care of them, you know, makes sure that they're paid well. He's building two more giant facilities and then is looking at, distri- at creating distribution facilities in other parts of the states and the world. Those are then going to employ those people. Those people now Mm -hmm. make a livable wage. Those people now get benefits. And so it's just, but some people would look at him and see he's wealthy and they would just take it at face value. You've got to understand that there is, well, old old adage here, but there's a thousand ways to skin a cat. There's a thousand ways to help others. There's a thousand ways to live your life of service. My life of service is vastly different than a monk's life of service, but hopefully we'll both live those lives of service to help others, inspire others. Uh, You know, one of my biggest things is I want to get more people into the outdoors. There's some people in the outdoors already that think there's too many people in the outdoors and they don't want people to bring more into the outdoors. And it's like, yeah. now hang on a second. I thought we were all in this together. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things where you have to figure out what that active service is, what that, that helping others, that inspiring others is to you as an individual. And then you have to go into that 100%. Yeah,
0: I, I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, I really do, and I—I I think we've had a—a a pretty good conversation. Uh, I'm just—I'm thinking, man. I'm—I've got. That's good. There's a lot That's going the whole on here. We have so. this
1: conversation, man.
0: Yeah, do you think? Hmm. Hmm. I can see the gears turning. Well, and I—the I, problem is, I'm stuck on this whole. I'm trying to square this circle of our political climate, and I, like I said, I know this isn't a political podcast, but I think that we have a lot. We 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 talked a lot of good stuff. <laughs> we've had a, a good conversation about it, and I'm trying to square the circle of what I really believe is is going on in our political climate. So, can, can I? Huh?
1: I I was just gonna I was just gonna give you my wrap up of of the way I view it, but you go ahead if you've got a question.
0: Uh well I I was gonna ask for your wrap up so go ahead not not oh. wrap up as in the podcast just what what how we we've danced around the idea but what what do you actually believe not not really in politics but on the topic give me so that on I can the, make sure on that the we're
1: topic on the topic yeah. of the political climate I think there is a small group of wildly self serving bad purpose individuals that are wreaking havoc on the majority of us the, the majority of the regular individuals the other aspect to wrap up my thoughts on the political climate is we have to get back to having open adult conversations and try to find a middle ground it doesn't matter if you're trying to find a middle ground with your 82 year old next door neighbor or you're trying to find a middle ground with the person in line at the coffee shop you know yeah you got to be open to other opinions. You got to be open. And I'm not saying you have to take those opinions, but you have to be open to hearing them. Otherwise, you're just shutting everything out. And I'm not saying get loud. I'm not saying shout your opinions. I'm saying ask people why they think certain ways. And that hopefully will close this, what seems to be a ginormous gap in our political climate, and will realign all of us, hopefully and get back to, you know, what, what we, what we hope is, uh, you know, our great country.
0: Yes, sir. Why, why do you think that we do have two sides? So I know it's an unfortunate circumstances and it, everybody says that this, uh, um, I forget what the word is, but the, the bi-political, um, the, the two party system, everybody talks really bad on it and i understand how it's bad but why do you think that we constantly find ourselves divided to two sides what, what is the reason of that other other than the nefarious um the nefarious actors which i believe are true i'm not dismissing you on that i 100% believe i was, gonna believe say, I was that, honestly gonna ask um, if
1: i could just put my tinfoil hat back on um i, I um, think
0: but but i, I, I I agree with you and I'm not going to, I don't want to stop you early. I'll let you put your tinfoil hat back on, but I do believe that people in America, um, they, I think even if there weren't bad actors, I still think we would end up in two factions. Um, so to, to say it to, I still think we would end up with left and right, even if there weren't bad actors. And I guess that's what I'm asking is, do you believe that? And why do you think that is if you do?
1: Um, you know, I, I think, I think, in, once again, in everything, right, you look at the entire yeah. worldview, I, I would agree with you that we would still end up in two sides, even if it wasn't left, right, even if it wasn't Republican, Democrat, even if it was, you know, I still think w- whatever it may be, whatever we end up calling it, I still think there will be two sides because it's that way with everything. Yeah. You're always going to have carnivores, you're always going to have vegans, vegetarians. You're always going to have the moon, the sun, you're always going to have winter, summer. It 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 is yin yang, it is light dark, it is good bad at its core in this universe. I believe wholeheartedly in my beliefs that you can't have one without the other. And I think that stems into our thought process of good bad right wrong and and it expands into this this two-party system that we have now you know whether we whether we want to believe it or not the people on the right think and truly believe that they are right everybody else is wrong the people on the left Mm -hmm. truly believe that they are right and everyone else is wrong i think it just we're wired that way because everything we see is one or two.
0: Yeah. No, I agree with you. And I'll, I'll be content with that answer. I think, I think that you're, I hope I'm I not skirting correct. around the
1: bushes. Cause if I, I, I don't mean to be, if I am.
0: No, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. I just, I, I, like I said, I'm super, I'm thinking, man, I'm thinking, and I I, I think you are correct. Um, I just don't necessarily know where to, uh, where to go with the, uh, with the conversation after that. And, uh, I want to be cognizant of your time, dude. I really appreciate what you've done here. Do you have, uh, I, I really appreciate you giving me your time. And I think we've hit a lot of good things and I don't know that I want to continue to beat the dead horse. I think we agree way more than what, um, Way more than what maybe it may sound like or what we thought it would when we started this, the conversation, especially down the road of politics and left and right. Um, I think we agree a lot. And I think you've brought up some really, really good points. And I think that I do need to come a little bit over to not necessarily to your side, because I think we agree more. But I think I've learned a lot from you and that I'll continue to learn things from you in the future. Um, wh- what do you think? Uh, I, I well, I consider you
1: a friend now. I already told you, you got one of the best first names in the business with Hoss. (laughs) Um, I appreciate that. But, but yeah, man, I, I, this, honestly, this has been one of my favorite podcasts I've recorded because of the fact that it's allowed me to discuss things at a deeper level, um, that maybe even I keep to myself because I'm so busy wanting to hear other people's thoughts. There's a lot of times where I, you know, I talk about other people and I ask them their thoughts and opinions and stuff like that. And I just keep to myself because I want to know more about them and where I can insert myself to help or inspire or what have you. Um, No, Mm -hmm. dude, I've had a great time on this podcast so far. I really hope people that are listening enjoy this podcast. And I would I would say the the gist aside from the topic that we've got around to is be more open. You and I have found stuff that we agree on. We found stuff that we might disagree on. We found stuff that maybe we need to take a deeper look at, uh, just as friends chatting back and forth. Um, but none of that would have happened if you heard one of my responses and said, ah, you know what, maybe we just end the podcast here. No, we've had an an amazing conversation, you know, and I would, I would challenge those of you listening. If you want to live a fulfilled life, if you want to live a life of service, if you want to inspire and help other people, you're going to have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and you're going to have to understand that not everybody's going to think the way that you think. And that's just the way that it is.
0: Yes, sir. Yeah, no, I compl- I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. And as you were as you were talking, it kind of came to me as as somehow that I could because I feel like I've sounded throughout the podcast as a really really partisan right winger that hates everybody from the left. And while that may be somewhat close to the truth, um, let me redeem myself a little bit and say that I I think that a, a really good statement is that. There is lack of openness on the right and the left. I will fully agree to that. I think one side, I I will tell you this right now, I think one side is more right than they are wrong. Uh, I think that it is rooted in better beliefs. Uh, I think one side, their beliefs are rooted in good and acts of service. Um, I don't think that the other side that their true core beliefs are rooted in that, but I will concede this, that there are people on both sides that are 100% ignorant about what they do believe and they're not willing to discuss it. And yeah. that um, for me, I know this to be true because there are people that I interact with on the daily life that think that I am so, so far to the left um, that it, it's crazy. And then there are people that, uh, are on the left that think that I am so far to the right that it's unimaginable. And the reason that they think that is because they're not willing to open their mind and be challenged. And so, um, I do think that we can settle on that. And I think that we have found common ground in the fact that, um, what is there is no point in doing any of this and and trying to get better and and living uh, a, a life of purpose if you're not going to be open and be willing to discuss things whether you're on the right left middle um, you know Buddhist Islam Christian, if you're not at least willing to be open I think you and I can both agree that uh, what's what's the point well, you know as uh, why bother which that's a little kickback to your uh, your podcast to, to the that you podcast did that
1: I was on a couple of days yeah. ago yeah no exactly yeah. man.
0: So, and, uh, yeah,
1: no, dude, we've had an awesome conversation. This has been a, I, I've had a great time.
0: Dude, same. And I, like I said, I cannot thank you enough for, uh for, for coming on the podcast and doing this. One thing, uh, do you mind? We're at one thirty. Do you mind if we go a little bit extra on a different topic?
1: Yeah. Send it, dude. Let's do it.
0: Okay. Let's talk about archery and hunting a little bit, just for my curiosity, because I've had like a couple different hunting people on and I haven't gotten to talk about hunting yet. So give me a, just a little bit of a foray into, um, how you got into hunting, uh, why you're so big in, into archery, what that does for you. And, uh, let's talk about, uh, our, our hobbies here for a second.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, quit. I, I'll try to be, I'll try to be brief. Cause I know your listeners have been listening for a little while, but Well, Um, they
0: get, they get long podcasts all the time and they really like it. So as long as you're okay, they're okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go for, yeah. I don't give a shit if it's three hours as long as you don't care. Um, Um, so don't worry about conserving time.
1: Okay. Um, so suburban kid born raised, um, outside of Columbus played three sports my whole life, baseball, basketball, football. Um, Situation happened. I went to a high school, my mom's alma mater. Um, Dad's side is uh, military Catholic. They are 15 minutes away from where I went to high school. Mom's side is about as country as they get. You know, call it call it redneck, call it whatever you want. Um, But they were 10 minutes away from my high school. So me changing high schools actually was for the better to bring me closer to family um was able to get a car started spending more time with my cousin bryce and at that time him and his buddies that's all they did they they were big are big time bow hunters so i am an older brother but i didn't have an older brother and so bryce became my older brother figure and i just i was enamored by it immediately um right and so first bow was a Matthew switchback XT. Uh, my cousin Bryce told me, you know, when you can, when you can, when you can repeatedly and continuously hit the target at 20, 30, 40, and confidently, I'll take you hunting. Go hunting was able to take a small buck. Um, but I've been hooked ever since archery for me. I, like I said, played uh, baseball in college. Uh, once that was done, I needed something to replace that time with. And so I do that with fitness and with archery. Um, once again, the majority of my, uh, talking to God, talking to, um, you know, whatever your listeners call it, uh, the majority of my time talking to God is going to be when I'm at the archery range, doing stuff in the outdoors, things like that. And so it gives me that deeper connection there. Um, I was fortunate enough. I went to this thing called total archery challenge where I actually was able to win a truck that they give away. Um, That then skyrocketed it. I've always wanted to do stuff in the outdoor industry, just from like looking at products and talking to people and things like that. Um, But that really opened up doors to the point where, I now shoot for Bear Archery, who is the main sponsor for that truck giveaway. Uh, I now actually right. work for Total Archery Challenge. I've created lifelong friendships with people in uh, the industry and things like that. Um, and yes, it just, it's just it been really awesome to see all of that take off with hard work and wanting to help others and get others into the outdoors some of the best texts I get are, Hey man, I'm headed to my bow shop. What would you recommend? What do you think? And I'm by no means an expert, but by God, I will give you every bit of information I have. And if I can't figure it out, I will tell you who to talk to that can then help you from there. But that's kind of how I got into archery and why I'm so heavy and deep into it right now.
0: Yeah. That's awesome, man. And uh, dude, I I love archery and that tack challenge, dude, that, that was really cool that, and I'm not, I don't know much of, let me, let me preface this comment with a few different things. Uh, I don't know much about tack. Uh, I watch it mostly through the lens of influencers. Um, And God, that word just sounds disgusting, but (laughs) not to, not to be, yes, content creators. (laughs) I watch it mostly through the lens of, of content creators. Um, But it's so cool that and i and again i don't know how often somebody like you wins this prize but it's so cool that somebody like you who doesn't have a following or didn't i mean you do now but who didn't have a following could go in there um hit that target be the closest one to i guess what is it the closest one to the uh, to the x on a, on an elk that's like what 180 yards away or some shit like that
1: well so it it's a little deeper than that so if you imagine like a shaker bottle bottom or like a dip can size that is the center. It's called a 12 ring on the caribou target. And you have to do what's called inside out. So when you shoot, you have to, your entire arrow has to be in that and it can't be touching the lines. Oh, Mm -hmm. and by the way, it's a 111 yard shot. And, and no, I agree with you a hundred percent. It's really cool to see um, because It's 100% random. So at they have events all over the country. You write down your name on tickets. My year, they wrote down everybody's name on white pieces of paper, turned them uh, backwards on a target so you can't see the names. They backed up to 100 yards and said, okay, go ahead and shoot. And the guy shot, and whose ever name it pierced, that's who won. So it is, oh, it is cool. there is no hand picking who wins or anything like that. Now I will yeah. tell you, there's been, um, incredible content creators like Chris B that have won it. There's so that's been, what I was
0: about to say. Yeah. It was Chris B and elk shape were the two that I've seen that have done really well in that. Sorry. Yeah, continue. yeah.
1: And, and so Chris B won it. He's got a great following. Obviously that definitely helped it out as well. Um, I've chatted with him before. He is, He's a great dude. Um, he's been filming stuff since he was like 12, 13 years old, which is crazy. Yeah.
0: Um, he's awesome.
1: Then you've got people like me that got the truck, and I realized the doors that it opened, and I ran through those doors. Then you've yeah. got people like the individual that won it this past year. Um, he won the truck, uh, decided to take the truck, but that that's – that's all it is. He he yeah. he won the truck, he got a brand new truck and he's just living his normal life, which is totally fine. But that yeah. shows you that runs the gambit of it's anybody's game. It takes one shot and, you know, you might be the winner of the next total archery truck.
0: And so just just for clarity on my end, the more times you hit the inside out, the more times your name gets to be put on the board, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. There's there's oh, no okay. Okay. okay there's no um cap to that. So like okay. the year Chris won it, I was at the Michigan shoot where he was shooting. I think he um I think he hit like eight times. So he had eight entries. And right. there's some people that had one entry. There's some people that had like 10 to 15 entries. Um, yeah. I mean, there are some sharp shooters that come out to this event, but I mean, dude, it's, it's all in good fun. If, if you are listening to this podcast and you're someone that is into bow hunting into archery, thinking about getting into it, a veteran or just getting into it, whatever total archery challenge is the single greatest collective of archers period.
0: And it is a yep. freaking blast dude i i, I want to go to one so bad I want to go to uh within the next couple years um I haven't had the money especially this year and I don't know that I will this coming year but uh I want to go to either New Mexico or I think they have one in San Antonio yeah 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 there's um, a San
1: Antonio shoot this coming year um I can't
0: remember yeah, if, I think
1: it's a I think it's in June this year maybe
0: but yeah, yeah there's i one would in I San would Antonio. love uh, yeah, I would love to go do the one in San Antonio. The only thing that's really holding me back is that I shoot heavy arrows for hunting, um, and I literally don't have enough room on my sight to shoot my hunting bow and my hunting setup for uh, at like 120 yards. Like I, I don't like, you know, how you have to move your sight up and down. Oh, yeah, right? I, don't, I don't have enough room uh, that, to dude, move that's, my sight down uh, dude, that's because my bow front. is so slow. And yeah, yeah, yeah no, um, that, that's I, I'm not saying I can't you- do it.
1: I was just going to say that's half the fun, though, because then you get into, okay, well, I can roll my sight this far down without touching. That gives me 80 yards, so this target's at 100 yards, so I feel like I just kind of got to tilt back a little bit, maybe aim four feet above the back. And then all of a sudden, when you smoke that 100, 120-yard target, you're like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. And then all of a sudden you go and you hit a tree limb on a forty-seven yard target, and you're like, "This is ridiculous."
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's yeah. You get every aspect. Yeah, no, and I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just like that's why I haven't done it, and I don't, brother. I don't have the money to be losing fucking arrows. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, I appreciate
1: that arrows are not
0: cheap. (laughs) That is, and I, I. well, and I'm a big believer that if I'm going to go do it, because I, I'm, a, I'm a big hunter, I, I love to hunt and all of my archery is focused around um, being the most ethical hunter possible, which I'm sure yours has a lot to do with that as well. Uh, so when I go, when I do go and do tack, I want to use my hunting setup. Uh, and when my hunting arrows are, um, you know, 100 bucks a piece or something like that, I'm like, God damn, I at least want to be able to scroll my sight down to where I'm going to shoot. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yep. Because I know you can stack. I know you can stack pins too. Um, I hate a clustered up uh, site like a, a, I hate a clustered site. Like a, yeah. like a five pin site. I absolutely hate it. Um, the most I like is two pins. And so I know that if I were to run like a seven pin site, I could start stacking pins um, out to like 150. I know I could do that. I just don't want to do that. And it's not how I want to hunt either. And so that, yeah. that's what's been holding me back. But I know it's just... It's, it's a bunch of fucking excuses, and uh, eventually I will actually go to attack, and I think it's absolutely awesome that, that you do that and that you work for them. It's, it's one of just, my dreams to go, just, to, just to, go to attack. Just remember this
1: conversation, because when you do finally go to a total archery challenge, you're going to be like, damn, AJ was right. This is a blast.
0: Oh, dude! I well, I know it's going to be, and I actually do have some buddies that I shoot with that uh, they go to tax occasionally, and I've yeah. thought about maybe going and just dicking around with them one day and just not shooting like maybe shoot the course, maybe just go get some trash arrows and just having like, I don't care if I lose them all. Um, yeah. I've considered doing that just to go and shoot the course. Um, but again, I don't know how much entry fees are and I just haven't put it together and I'm giving you a bunch of bullshit excuses. Um, but I do want to go do it eventually. I think it would be really, really cool to go do. Um, and it's super awesome that you got involved in that and won that truck. That's dude. That's I, I
1: love awesome. it, man. Once again, it goes back to the, it goes back to the purpose driven aspect. I realized that if I can work, with total arch and this isn't this isn't a using standpoint, but I realized if I work with Total Archery Challenge, I can then steer more people to Total Archery Challenge, which in turn they you know, they might be new archers or they might be seasoned archers that have done everything on their own they come to total archery challenge and then all of a sudden they kind of come out of their shell because they're around so many like-minded individuals. And then like my cousin, my cousin, Bryce, he just created an Instagram. Oh, he created an Instagram in July because we had such a great time at big sky tack that he wanted to stay in touch with the people that he met. You know, I'm working And I turn around, and he's gone, and I'm looking at him, and he's over in a booth talking with people, making friends. He got invited out to go do a hunt somewhere else. And it just, dude, it's an amazing time.
0: Yeah, dude, I I really, like I said, I really do want to go to it. And uh, I'm big into archery and hunting. So give me a little bit of a background on what you do to hunt. What do you like to hunt? Why do you hunt? Uh, Give me that. Yeah, so so I've
1: been a whitetail hunter through and through, born and raised. You know, I live in. Central Ohio, I hunt in Southern Ohio. So I'm very, very blessed with where I hunt. Um, it wasn't until recently that I actually started traveling a little bit more. Uh, my buddy Swope and I, he, a uh, baseball player, right? You got to call everyone by their last names. Um, he <laughs> yeah. and I, we yeah, actually do. went out and chased sika uh, deer in Maryland. At the time, That's we cool. couldn't afford to go out on a full-blown elk hunt and we were looking into it, and Sika are basically just miniature elk. Um, yeah. they, they roar, they they uh, yell, and it is, you're basically hunting them in a swamp. Dude, right. so much fun. Super cheap in terms of hunting fees and licenses and things like that compared to other stuff. Um, yeah. But that's... That, that's really what I do, man. I, I strictly bow hunt. I don't take anything away from people that gun hunt. My brother just shot his first buck with a, with a gun this past year. And I've been telling everyone, like, if I, I'm still chasing in Ohio, if I'm not able to catch up with a big buck in Ohio, it's still been an amazing year because I was able to be there when my brother shot his and it was, yeah. dude, it was awesome. But but yeah, so you know, I I'm a I'm a southern Ohio whitetail bow hunter that wants to get out and bow hunt other things in the future.
0: Yes, sir. Yeah, dude, I I completely agree with you and uh awesome. I'm I'm a hunter of a lot of things, but dude, I'm up here in Texas and or up here, I guess down here relative to you, but I'm in Amarillo and what's big up here is mule deer. And dude, let me tell you about a hard fucking bow hunt. Um, that shit is ridiculous, man. Like I'm not trying to compare, compare hunting, but dude, it's man, we've got a national park up here. So I have to hunt public land, uh, because generational wealth wasn't, is not a thing for us. <laughs> um, in, in the Rousher family, uh, we don't have land. And so I've got to hunt public land and the only public land up here that is just free and able to hunt, um, no matter what is, uh, Lake Meredith and Lake Meredith, I'm not going to give you an acreage because I would be lying to you. Uh, but it's not huge. like, it's, it's not a huge section of public land and, uh, everybody and their mother comes up here to mule deer hunt from the state of Texas. Cause it's the only place that you can get mule deer on public land like the only place other than drawing tags, like you have to draw tags for other places in Texas um, to do a mule deer hunt. And dude, it is so difficult. It's, it's down in a Canyon. This is one of those, it's one of those Canyon lakes where the walls are straight up vertical and it's, you know what I'm talking about? Um, And the river, the river created this massive Canyon. Uh, So the terrain is awful. Uh, You're either, you're either going straight up on a Canyon wall or you're inside 10 foot riverbed grass. Like, Literally 10-foot riverbed grass. It's, it's fucking terrible, and uh, that's what I've been hunting with uh, this year. Luckily, I was able to get one – I got a doe out of a stand uh, because a guy had an extra doe tag on a farm. And so, I mean, she came right into the feeder at 20 yards, and I thumped her with a bow. Uh, hey, so well, it wasn't really a spot stock, but – Oh yeah, dude. I loved it. I loved it, dude. Her, her, uh, her hams are sitting over there, uh, in jerky form and I've been just destroying that shit this week. So, um, but anyway, uh, dude, the, the mule deer grind is fucking tough, man.
1: Now that's awesome, man. I, you know, they're, they're on my list. Uh, mule deer are on my list. Um, elk are on my list. Uh, I mean, Pretty much any every species that you can bow hunt, I want to go bow hunt at some point and it's just oh, yeah. gonna be a slow process of you know getting out there and stuff like that. but man I, I'm hooked I yeah, love for it. sure. I love the grind Dude. I love the time put in because the the time that we're putting in in the off season, whether it's running cameras or you know we don't we don't have a farm where we can um, we don't have a farm where we can quote unquote grow deer. But spending that time mineral or corn or soybeans or clover, uh, you know, getting into early season, the rut, late season, whether it's snowing or raining, dude, I love it. I, I love the grind of it all.
0: Yeah, the, the grind is is pretty damn cool. And it's, it's really what makes it worth it. It makes me so much better of a person. And let's talk about, let's get into for the listeners that have stuck around this long. Um, what, how does hunting help you fulfill your purpose, uh, your purpose to leave behind a legacy that is rooted in, uh, service and and helping others? How does, how does hunting help you do that?
1: Well, hunting, I mean, hunting has always been viewed as a predominantly solo sport um right. it, it's it's very lonely and, and things like that and there's one way that i am able to kind of fulfill my purpose is trying to destigmatize that aspect there there's mm-hmm. this idea that everybody that hunts is grungy and grumpy and they don't talk to nobody and they want to be left alone which don't get me wrong i do want to be left alone Um, by, by certain people and stuff like that. But I want to show people that there are some amazing individuals in this space that also want to succeed. You know, uh, one of some of the people that I, I have come to really enjoy and respect are guides, Whitetail, Muley, Elk, doing things for the right reasons because, you know, if, I have got guys that are whitetail guides here in Ohio. Okay. Yeah. Yes. They are getting paid. Yes. They are earning a living and things like that. However, they're taking someone from Florida who has maybe seen a forked buck in their yeah. entire life and they're in helping their subdivision. Them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and they're helping them cross off a, a bucket list item. That's fulfilling yeah. that that's helping someone else that guy's going to go back to Florida. He's going to have kids. He's going to have grandkids. Those grandkids are going to ask what, Pap, what's that, what's that deer up there? And he's going to say, well, let me tell you a story. Like that's the stuff that drives me is thinking big picture and, and things like that. And you know, the inspiring others, we, and whole we'll have to do a whole nother podcast on it, but we as a society have gone so far away from, where our food comes from and if i can use my platform to inspire others to pick up a bow even if it's just to shoot just to start out shooting a 3d target or a bag target curiosity is going to get you and you're going to slowly find yourself wanting to go out and do this and if i so if i you know dude if i can inspire one person to pick up a bow and go out and, and hunt and hunt hard and learn the, the love and the, the deeper connection. And then all of a sudden they're able to be successful and take a small buck or take a doe or whatever it may be. And they're able to, they're able to feel that feeling of satisfaction. I know where my food comes from. I know it is 100% natural. Like, that's what drives me and my purpose in this outdoor space.
0: That's awesome, man. Yeah. And I I couldn't agree with you more. And I think for me, um, I agree with you. And, and I love that. That purpose for you is, is getting people to be more connected with their food. There's actually I don't know if you, I know you're a super busy dude. I don't know how many podcasts you listen to. But there's one with uh, Sam Pearson, uh, one of my good buddies to where he talks about how we're just really, really disconnected from where we came from, not only uh, nature in general, but our human nature that we're just, we're incredibly disconnected from it. And that people don't know, like you said, where our, our, where our food comes from or where we used to get food back when we were, you know, back in the sixteen seventeen hundreds. 1700s, uh, he he feels like people are disconnected from that so that's my first little note is that i think that you would enjoy uh that conversation with sam and uh, hope maybe eventually we'll be able to have one with uh a podcast with both me you and sam that would be really cool but uh i do think that there is also something in hunting that helps me specifically fulfill my purpose and just the fact that i'm providing for my family and that yeah. i'm doing it in a way that i can feel that I can feel good about because, you know, yeah, I put in, I'm not trying to degrade people that, I'm not trying to degrade people that don't hunt, but for me, it feels so much better to go out and when I'm hunting, I'm serving my wife. You know what I mean? Like when I, and I know it sounds awkward because I, <laughs> it sounds like I'm bullshitting because I enjoy hunting so much. But really, I enjoy doing it because I'm putting in work, putting in effort to provide for my family. And that's what makes me feel good. Uh, and that's how it helps me achieve my purpose. And I, I think it does uh, the same thing for you. But you also get that added benefit of it, of, hey, I'm helping somebody else connect to nature. And that's what, uh, again, the, the similarities between you and Sam are kind of crazy, because that's why he loves getting outside and uh, going on hikes. He kind of took me, this dude will go and hike for 13 fucking miles, I mean, hard ass miles and not have a problem with. It. i've had three knee surgeries it started with him and i hiking a couple hundred yards and then calling it a day um mm-hmm. literally because i couldn't do anymore and that was his you know his purpose was uh helping people connect with their nature and that's what he was doing for me was uh you know getting out and and going and doing the things that he loves so that I could better connect with my nature. And now, you know, we'll go on mile long hikes and we went on a mile long hike last week. I probably could have gone for five miles that day. Like I was hurting, but, um, we could have gone for five miles and the amount of progress that he's helped me, uh, has been insane. And I'm sure that you've done the same for many a different people. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things. Like I said, I've got a wife now. Um, her yes, family does not hunt but her brother is one of those guys that probably should have went to culinary school cuz he's a badass chef cook without the actual yeah. title but you know now those guys they see how how much i love it and how invested i am and they understand uh, my godly connection with it and and things like that and so they get it and now they're like hey if you snap if you're able to smoke a dough like We'll, we'll take some and <laughs> yeah. getting them back into it. Maybe they're not hunters themselves, but they can appreciate where it's coming from and they're willing to learn more about it. So, yeah, yeah. It, it it the the purpose of helping others and inspiring others. There's two fronts there, basically, when it comes to archery in the outdoor space and things like that.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And it's, it's so funny because that's where a lot of, I've always wanted to go hunt and go do it, but I'm also a cook. Like I've always told myself that if I ever find my, find myself with like not a job and I've got like a bunch of passive income, I want to go to culinary school because I, I love to cook. Yeah. Um but that's where I find mine. Dude, I'm sure if you took your brother-in-law on a hunt and even if he's not the one killing the doe, but if if you take him on that whole hunting process, you smack that doe, uh you know, have him help you clean it, process it, and then get him to cook one of his badass meals with that, I'm sure he would be sold. Uh, oh yeah, Because dude, that's, he what, actually, that's what that's what
1: Well, I actually I gave him one of the hindquarters from the sika and I said, "Hey, yeah. listen, he, this this is my contribution." Go do whatever you want with it. The only thing I ask is that I get a bite or, or a plate of whatever you cook.
0: Dude, and don't overcook it. <laughs>
1: dude, he did some yeah. sort of blueberry marinade, soaked, stuck it on, smoked it for a little while. I mean, it just was delicious. That's um, awesome. But yeah, so, so I think that was his first like tick into, wow, Wild Game is actually really good. And I'm slowly getting him. I'd like to one day take him on a hunt. I think he would enjoy it as well.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, dude. No, that's really cool, man. And I think we've, uh, we've explored a lot. I do want to get to one last topic. We're at a, we're at two hours right now. So, um, let's talk about, you've got an announcement that you shared with me, um, that we were talking about a little bit before the podcast. <laughs> um, I want to get your thoughts on that. You said it. You said it is okay to talk about during the podcast, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. So uh, um, my wife and I, we just found out a couple of weeks ago that we're actually expecting our first kid, and so the the Kazmirzak name lives on for another generation, which is really awesome to me. Um, yeah. I'm definitely gonna start looking at my hunting and what i'm doing my why my purpose and involving my my kid and my child in that um so yeah. like i said you know i didn't come up with my purpose this morning and it's it's an ever evolving purpose uh with yes, a lot of the same core principles and i think i once once i'm actually able to hold my child we don't know if it's a boy or a girl yet um but once i'm able to hold my child i feel like that is also going to change my purpose for the better. Um, I I think leaving a legacy that, that they would be proud of is going to come into that aspect. Um, But yeah, man, I I'm stoked. She is super excited. We just did some photos earlier today. um, And, and yeah, we couldn't be happier to to start building a family.
0: Dude, that's so awesome. And I'm very, uh, very, we haven't really gotten to talk about it much, but I'm big on family. Um, big, big on at at least immediate family and, um, creating a family and passing, uh, things that we know to be true and things that we know to be good, uh, down to the next generation. And I, I, we're friends now after this conversation, I feel like I, I, I know you better than some of my, some of my people that I called friends before we had on the, on the podcast, but I, I, can't tell you how, how awesome it is and how excited I am for you uh, to get to have that experience and to, um, to get to pass that down. And here's if, if it all goes like hell, um, one thing that you're at least getting to do is trolling a whole nother generation on having to spell that last name.
1: Yeah, Uh, for at least another lifetime. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So even if the child turns up completely bad, that you're at least getting to troll the next generation for having to spell your last name. For sure, they
1: will definitely know the alphabet before they get into school.
0: That's for sure. Every fucking letter, too. Every (laughs) letter. (laughs) Um, All the vowels, all the vowels, all the consonants in that last name. But no, dude, I'm extremely excited for you, dude. It's. It's so cool. And my buddy, Sam, who Sam and I uh, we're, were getting close to best friends and he's only a mile away. I mean, literally, he can probably hear me talking right now. Um, he, he only lives a mile away. We're in the same neighborhood. Um, he is having a kid right now. And it just it makes me so happy to know that um, there's a little part of me that, you know, you hear these people say, well, I don't want to have kids because of the world that they're going to grow up in. Um, right. I don't want to put a kid through that. And there's a tiny part of me that says, yeah, I can see how this world's going to shit, but it makes me feel a whole lot better to begin to have kids knowing that there are people like you, people like Sam, um, people who I think I can call brothers in the way that we think in the way that we believe that are having these children and knowing that, Hey, look, um, even if it's going to be everybody against, you know, even if the whole world is going to go to shit, and it's only you and Sam's kid left, uh, I have faith knowing that you and Sam's kid are are hopefully going to hold the line. Um, you know, for for our way of life and the way that we believe, it just gives me a lot of comfort, and I'm super excited for you, man.
1: Thanks, man. No, I, I'm I'm stoked. Uh, you know, it's one of those things. I also I kind of feel like a lot of people don't want to bring kids into this world, but I also kind of view it as. Uh, We we have we have an obligation to make Mm -hmm. sure that, you know, we're raising the next generation correctly. We can't just sit idly by and just let this next generation, you know, go to go to shit. We've got to we've got to instill values in our own. We've got to have our own kids so that they can then go out and be successful and hopefully help other people as well. Um, And that's kind of just my take on it. And that's not not putting down anyone that doesn't want to have kids, but that's just my outlook. That's part of the reason why we wanted to start a family is so that hopefully we can raise them with good enough values that they will go out and help other people as well.
0: Right. Well, and I think it's the best way to 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 bring this back around to where we kind of started for the people that are that are still here from the beginning Um, to to bring this back around is that the idea of paying it forward. Um, I think that a lot of good people that have good serving purposes do want to have kids because of that. Um, not all of them, obviously, like you said, um, I'm not saying that you, if you don't want to have kids that you can't have a good purpose, that's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is that when we feel like we're called upon to, Um, pay it forward. That's how a lot of people do it is with that next generation. Um, We're paying it forward to, to the society that raised us to the traditions and uh, what do they call mores and norms that raised us and made us who we are. Our way of paying it forward is trying to keep that going with the next generation. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that definitely plays a big, big factor into how this next generation is going to turn out.
0: Yep. Yep. Awesome, man. Well, I think we're uh, getting near the end. I'm super happy that you came on, dude. I, so let me, let me share a little bit with you. Um, I know you're a prominent dude and, uh, you know, I know that you've got a following and you're somebody that I've followed since I heard you on Montana Knox. And, uh, I, I sent that text message out and I sent it out to, I'll be, I mean, I'll be frank, not the same text messages. I did personalize them, but I, I addressed a lot of people to say, Hey man, I'd like to learn from you. Um, I want to hear what you have to say. I finally got to that point in my podcast where all these influential people that I was looking up to and role models that I had, I said, all right, I'm going to take the step. I'm going to send this out to them and say, Hey, look, would you be willing to come talk to me and uh, uh, try to get involved in this network, and I cannot tell you, dude. We were so hype. I was so hype when you, in particular, because I I, I wanted to hear from you. But I was so hype when all these guys, like uh, I think I'm up to like four now. I sent maybe a t- I sent maybe 12 people messages, and I think I'm up to four now. That me and my buddy Jonah, we were just so hype. We were going and we were looking at y'all's accounts, and we're like, dude, these guys are awesome. Um, you know, and again, I don't want you to think that it was selfish, but the, the idea that you've built the the following that you have, it was just so cool to be like, man, this guy wants to sit down and talk with me. You know what dude, I mean? And, I'm, and again,
1: I'm honored, man. So. I'm just, I'm just a regular dude. Like I, and I hope yeah. that kind of came through on the podcast. I, you know, I, right. I, I am building a following because I want to help other people. And, yeah. and, you know, I I like to document it and and stuff like that. I'm getting more into filming and photography aspects and things like that. I'm by no means classically trained in any of that, but I realize each step of the way, if I get better at photography, it will draw more people in. I can then spread my message to more people. If I get better with videos and reels and things like that, I can draw more people in and I can be better at getting my message out and helping and inspiring others. Um, but yeah, dude. I mean, at, at its core, I'm I'm a regular Joe schmo guy. You know, I mean, I've got I've got my monster can sitting there. I got my coffee over there. I just had some <laughs> pasta before we sat down. Like we're all just people, yeah. and and uh, yeah, I don't I don't I don't resonate with anybody that thinks they're too high and mighty for stuff.
0: No, absolutely, and I completely agree with you. And when I say that. You know we look up to you, and that we were so hyped to have you on. It's just because I believe that there are, I believe that there is good in the world, and I believe that um, people two thousand miles away or where however far you are, that no matter what, we can have shared values. And when, it was just really cool to have somebody that that has a following you, Colin Cottrell, um a couple of people. I don't really want to name names because if they don't end up coming on, then I'm going to look like a dumbass. But uh, Tyler Geiger was one that I had on from Montana, yeah. Knox. And, uh, just to see that we can have common values and get together over an Instagram message, like it was just so cool. And it was so hype um to see that these guys that are doing the right things and putting the right message out into the world are willing to come talk to me. So basically the 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 gist of that was thank you um for coming and talking to me and and being willing to uh to to not look at my message and I know there was some people that looked at my message and they were like huh 17 followers wow this is a spam account you know you know what I mean but thanks for thanks for coming and talking to me and and, uh believing in my mission so
1: yeah no dude I, I think it's great and I think we had an incredible conversation I hope uh, your listeners yeah. got value out of it. I'm, I'm definitely going to steer people towards it when this podcast is released. Um, awesome. And dude, I wish you guys nothing but the best. Um, I, yeah. I hope you're able to get some get some other high-quality individuals on to then talk about their mission and their purpose.
0: Me too, man. Me too. And uh, one thing I did want to ask you is, do you read a lot?
1: Uh, so I did not through doing the live hard program and the 75 hard program, it's a requirement to read 10 pages a day. Since then I have gotten exponentially better at reading. Um, because I started seeing the value in it. I specifically read either like self growth or not, not necessarily self help, but self improvement, nonfiction stuff that, that is going to help me be a better person. Um, Tim Grover, Ed Milet, Andy Frisella, uh, Matthew McConaughey, um, guys of those caliber.
0: Yeah. So, uh, no, I completely agree with you. And uh, just, I don't know that, um, I love the fact that, have you done Live Hard? Have you you completed phase three?
1: So, I've completed 75 hard twice, uh, phase one once, phase two once, and I have not completed the entire Live Hard program yet. That's, okay. been, are that's you, one of the goals for 2023.
0: Are you in the process? Like, do you have phase three to go?
1: Uh, No. So I'm actually, I opted to restart. I'm going to start um, okay. 75 hard, probably leading up to my child being born, just so I can be the best version of myself at that time. And then from there, that starts the one-year calendar um, to yes, get phase one and phase two and phase three wrapped up.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I start phase three on January 19th. So it's going to be, it's going to be pretty wild. Um, that's
1: fantastic, man.
0: Yeah, dude, it's going to be pretty cool. But I, I let me know when you go through that uh, that Live Hard Challenge because I want to definitely schedule some key episodes with you to talk with you about that. And yeah. I know you've already done some of it, but let me know when, your schedule, when you finalize your schedule and, uh, and so that we can get some episodes wrapped up for that. Uh, the reason I wanted to ask you about reading is that uh, one thing that I'm going to attack onto this Purpose podcast is we're going to have the long-form podcast, conversational podcast, but we're also going to do a book club Um for certain influential books. And I think this year we're going to do a lot of uh, fiction. And I don't know if that suits your fancy or not. Uh, it's going to be Western. So like blood Meridian, lonesome dove, all the pretty horses. Uh, I think river runs through it is another one that we're going to do uh, throughout the year. But if you've got any interest in doing that and maybe doing some uh, appearances, let me know. And uh, okay. because I think you would be, I think you would be really good to sit down, read some of these books and let me know what you got out of these books. And uh, let's, let's work on that. If you've got any interest in doing that, let me know because I think you would be a really good kind of um, occasional guest to give us some insight uh, on these books. Okay. Are you, yeah. Yeah. Let cool? me
1: let me know kind of what's going on once once everything's finalized and stuff like that. But yeah. I'm not saying no, and I'm not saying yes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, and I'll send you, and there's some hefty ass books in there, like, uh, you know, Lonesome Doves, 800 pages. And so I don't expect anybody, basically what I'm trying to do is for especially people that that don't really read well or that have trouble with reading is give them my lessons and my perspective on uh, what I got from this book so that um, what I really want them to do is I want them to sit down and read the whole book and then share their knowledge with me and and see what I got out of it and kind of treat it like a dialogue. But for people that don't really instead of them listening to an audiobook, because I don't feel like audiobooks provide a whole lot of value, um, I would rather them come and listen to me talk about what I got from the book versus just listening to the book in their ears. You know what I mean? Yep, um, gotcha. And so definitely. That's that's kind of the idea. So if you would like to do uh maybe pick one of the shorter ones, like River Runs Through It or something like that, um, to be a, a guest on on the podcast, let me know. Um the other thing was uh I don't think I have anything else, man. That was the only note I had was to to see if you wanted to uh, be a part of that book club. And then, do you have any questions for me? Do you do you have no, anything? No, dude. For I
1: so. like I said, man. I'm, I'm a positive guy. Uh, I once again, you know, I, I believe in all of that law of attraction. Everything comes yep. back around. Good karma. Good purposes. All of that stuff. I cannot say it enough. But to my core, I wish you nothing but success. Seriously.
0: That's awesome, man. I really appreciate that. And same to you. And, uh, if you believe in the, uh, what is it called the super abundance? Have you read super abundance yet?
1: Uh, it's on my list.
0: Yeah, that's one you need to throw on there. But I believe in super abundance. And I think that um, you and I, where some people would see you and I as like competitors fighting for space, I don't see that at all. I think that, you know, you and I, when we maintain this relationship and maintain this network, that um, we could both go extremely far uh, helping each other, like I'm sure we're going to do in the future and um, just do some awesome collabs. And I I really appreciate your support and know that you've got that from me as well. So this has been awesome, man.
1: Thanks for having me, man.
0: Yeah. Awesome brother. Well, everybody, thank you for listening to this episode of the purpose podcast. It's one of our longer ones and that's because it's got a lot of good shit in it. Um, I know some of you don't really like the longer podcast, but tough shit because it was a lot of good stuff in it and, uh, break it up, listen to it when you can. Um, AJ was absolutely awesome. Uh, we talked about a lot of good stuff. We got deep, we got into some politics that, uh, you know, I've avoided and I'm, I know all of you listening know that I'm a very political guy and I'm sure you're all absolutely astounded that I've avoided it this long, but we got into some politics. We had some good conversation. We talked about what it means to be open and to understand other people's perspectives and, and to, um, to effectively, um, take in what they're feeling and what they're thinking and try to work with that and try to make uh, better opinions based on, uh, the, I guess the counterpoint to yours, what I'm rambling a little bit. Basically what AJ and I came to, came to agree on is that, uh, it doesn't matter which way you believe it, as long as you're open to discussing, um, discussing your ideas and coming together with with other people so that's kind of the gist of the podcast we talked a little bit of bullshit about um hunting things like it wasn't bullshit but we we talked a little bit of that so um shared our opinions cussed and discuss. and aj it was absolutely awesome thank you for coming on thanks everybody for listening tune into the Bur- purpose book club on wednesdays tune into the purpose podcast on sundays thanks everybody appreciate it